Thank you for joining us for the Life Point Podcast. We believe what you're about to listen to will help you experience life change. So let's jump into this week's message. Well, good morning, everybody. We've been recapping on video each week because these, uh, these weeks are, are connected, they're intertwined, and, and our series is called It's All About Life Change, and you, you'll see that on the walls, you'll see that in the hallways, that's, that's the heart of our vision, that's our mission statement, that's our vision statement, and, and we get real excited when we hear life change stories, we hear lives that have been altered, and, and we believe that God is still in the business of changing lives, we believe that he uses his church, he uses his people, and I believe he's doing that now like, like never before. And so uh, a, few weeks, a few weeks back, uh, God just sort of told me to give you an ongoing challenge. And that's what the life, cha- the life change challenges is all about. I believe you'll see greater life change. God will do more life change through you as you just buy into that process and and embrace that for yourself. You'll see that more and more on the walls here around us. And so um, this, is, this is week four. We're going to wrap up this series next week and then um, maybe do a standalone. And I want to prove to you in October um, how and why you're blessed. So hopefully you'll be more excited um, as we get closer. to. <laughs> Can we say this together? Um, we're going to make a declaration and I want to make a declaration this morning about your health. We have some declaration cards out there. And, and I want you to say this with me and put your faith on this. I uh, have a good friend who uh, is from our church dealing with a, a, a tough health diagnosis right now. And so um, we're going to dedicate this dedication to him, this declaration to him. So I want you to say this with me with some passion. We're going to believe that God continues to heal him up. Let's say this together. I declare I will live long, and I will live strong. I will be satisfied with a long life full of the goodness of God. I have faith that he promises me health and wholeness. I believe it's his will for me to be well. By his stripes, he has healed all of my diseases. And freed me from the curse of sickness. Therefore, my body is strong, not weak. Amen. Amen. Before I I jump into our our teaching this morning, um, sometimes I'm just trying to worship down there and mind my own business. And, and, and then come up here and do this. And then God just talks to me sometimes and interrupts my worship time. How dare God do that? Um, so if you ever see me doing this on the phone, it's, I'm not texting people. I'm not, I'm not you know, checking out the scores. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get down quickly what God is saying to me. And uh, I, I'm just, on Sundays, I'm always like, God, just, you just need to speak through me. Because if I'm speaking, I only got so much to say. But if you speak, you've got, you've got revelation. And so this is, this, is what I, this is what I just overwhelmingly sensed. You know, we are, we're doing this series because um, the church is so important to Jesus. It's his bride. And the, the church is being targeted 
in the world today because it's his bride. I, I, I was watching this show on YouTube the other night. Back in the day, I think they called it Candid Camera. Anyone remember that? You're not old enough to know what that is. It's called something like, what would you do? So it's a hidden video show. And, and so what they did, they went to a restaurant. And at this restaurant, um, there would be these couples. Now, one, of, one part of the couple was in on the video. The other one had no idea. And so what, what it was, was they, they did it with uh, the husband. They did it with the wife or the boyfriend, girlfriend. And um, they came out, and the waitress or waiter started flirting with the other partner. And it would escalate until they would give them massages and everything. And so you just, you just kind of watched as it progressed how the other partner responded. And, and two of them stood out to me. One was this, this uh, couple, and the gentleman was a police officer, and the waitress had just gotten to where she was giving him a back massage. And, and so the, the wife stands up with a plate, and she's like, I'm about to throw this in your face. And they had to step in real quick and, you know, settle things down. The, the other one that stood out to me was this couple, and the role was reversed. The, the, the waiter was telling the, the wife that she looked like his ex-girlfriend, and so he got his picture with her. He's feeding her cake, and it's going on and on. And this, this husband is so calm through the whole thing, and, and he's just... He's just like, now, now, he, he really likes you. He's, see, he likes you. He, he's going on and on. And I'm sitting there thinking, I would have done been up and started to fight by now. Um, finally, the, the waiter's sitting on her up. He's like, I've had enough. He's like, get up. And so he got in protective mode. He's a really nice guy. And I got thinking about that. And, and so the gist of the show was, what would you do? And I'm thinking, um, I, I wouldn't have been that calm. I, I would not have been that nice. I would have lost my Jesus. I'd have gone into karate kid mode. I mean, it's my wife, right? And I just started thinking, the church is the bride of Jesus. We're going to stand back and let the world mess with the church. We're going to stand back and let the world flirt with the church. Or we're going to protect the church. We're going to defend the church. We're going to be in church. We're going to be the church. And so this series is about that, and, and I believe this. I believe this is from God. I believe this is prophetic that we're walking into a season where there's going to be some, some, some different things, and there are going to be some churches that don't make it. There are going to be some churches that just survive, but there'll be some churches that thrive, and it's the same in your life. You can be a survivor or a thriver. And this is what I want to share with you, what the Lord just put on my, my heart to, to, to say to you specifically. I put it down. And there's a difference between survival mode and thrival mode. And he said this, to survive means to continue to live or exist in spite of danger, but thrive means to grow, develop, and prosper in spite of the danger. Survival means you withstand the odds Thriving means you always overcome the odds. Surviving means you barely make it, where thriving means you completely make it with no doubt. Thriving means you're left bitter, or surviving means you're left bitter. Thriving means you're left blessed. Now get this. Survival means you smell like smoke. Thriving means you don't smell like smoke. You smell like Jesus. I got that from the furnace. Remember, they put three people in, 
They said, there's a, there's a fourth man in the fire, and he looks like the Son of God. And by the time they got him out of there, they didn't even smell like the smoke. See, they didn't just survive the furnace. They thrived the furnace. They came out of the furnace. They didn't even smell like what they went through. And I believe God's bringing you. He's bringing us as a church. He's bringing you uh, as his people into a season where you're not just surviving, but you're choosing to, to, to walk in such a way that you come out and the fourth man's going to walk with you and you're going to come out thriving, not just surviving. Now, that's not in my notes. I didn't prepare that. That's just what God told me when I was right there. So let's say this together. I believe my season is not survival mode. It's thrival mode. I'm a thriver, not a survivor. Mm. Mm. Wow, isn't God good? God's good. God told me to tell you something. It's right here. He said this. I don't know what all this means, but he says, God's bringing you into a safe place where the noise is going to diminish. It's a special place with his spirit. It's a vibrant, blessed place. It's going to be better and different than you planned it to be. It's going to be a gifted, graced, anointed place. It's a healthy place. It's a whole place, and it's a flourishing place. Mm. I didn't mean to sound so mean. I'm like, isn't God good? Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your goodness. Well, as you heard, I'm not going to go through all of the um, review. You saw that on video, but I, I will just say that the challenge is this, that we come frequently. We come frequently. We, um, we not only come frequently, but we, we begin to connect consistently. We, we've had a, uh, our church, the strength of our church now is, is, is the power, it's, it's in the power of this connection. And when we are connecting, God does amazing things. Uh, I was telling you that we had our, our lift men's night just uh, a couple weeks ago, and it was amazing. It was packed, and I thought that was really good until my wife came home and said, um, well, we had our Vibe women's night, and we had more than you did, and we had, uh, we had connection. I said, but we had a campfire. Just saying. As you see, we're, we're, we're launching some, some new stuff over the next few months. You, if you're in that uh, young adult crowd, it's called Lifestyle. And I mentioned this a few weeks ago. I want to put a slide up. If you are uh, not in the young adult crowd, but you're, if you're in the senior crowd, then we have a new uh, ministry that we're launching for you. It's called Ageless. You see there October 7th, 4 p.m. at the Sparlock House. So if you're in that uh, uh, senior adult age group, mature age group, been there, done some of it, got the t-shirt, still thriving. If that's your crowd, then uh, we have a, that, that ministry coming up for you. We'll tell you more about that. Isn't God good? And so the, last, the, the, the next part of this challenge is that you and I begin to contribute generously. And, and, and our world is a consumer world. But in the church, it, we should be more about contributing than we are consuming. So we did part one last week. And so this is, this is part two. This is going to be good. Are you all ready for this? And we'll, we'll wrap this up next week. Generosity just means this, that you, you actually provide more than what's necessary. Or you provide more than just what is needed. That's, that's literally what generosity means. And we put this on the screen, but generosity, uh, we believe that you, you, you're a giver or you're generous in three areas. With your time, with your talent, and with your treasure. 
And I know I'm throwing a lot of stuff up on the screen, but I want to go back to a screen I put up last week. Um, because we're, we're really, we've had some transition in our church. We're in a building mode. We're in a growth spurt. And so we're, we're looking ahead and saying, what all is God doing? And last week I said, we want to give everyone an, an opportunity to join our team, to help us serve, help us reach more people. And so I put this slide up there, and we just uh, literally said this to you, that this would be a great, a lot of, uh, most of the time we, we create a, a starting point class to get signed up, but in this series, this is your starting point class. And so uh, a lot of times people will come here on a weekend and say, man, you got the bases covered, you got so many people serving and doing, and they think we don't need any more assistance or we don't need any more help. And to do more, how many know you need, you need some more help? And so we're asking you, hey, would you want to help us and get involved in some of these areas? As you see, production, that, that's everything you see with cameras and lights and video. And, and uh, we, 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 do, we need to stock that, that team a, a little bit more than it is right now. And you say, well, I, I'm not technical. We can teach you all this stuff. We can teach you everything except for how to sing around here, okay? So, um, and then connection, you, that's the people you see, uh, especially our protection team. We have a protection team that guards your kids and things here. Um, we, we need some, um, some, some help specifically in that area. Then our hospitality, worship. You see, we, we've just had some transition in our worship. It would be a great time if you play or sing to get involved. And we always need some assistance in our generations. That's our kids' point. That's our youth ministry. And so we're just asking, hey, there comes a time when you go from just coming to plugging yourself in and getting involved. And if you want to serve, all you have to do is text LPC serve to 94,000, follow the prompts, or you can scan that um, QR code and, and, and get plugged in and get in, involved with us. And so uh, I want to say this, and I'm just going to jump into things. Uh, I, I've told you uh, recently that, that we're going to be adding some services. We're getting ready to add at the end of October, 1st of November. And we felt like just with some transition and stuff, we just put the brakes on that. Because, you know, when you go to dual services, you split this, you, you, our times are different, you split our connection. So here's what I want to ask you for the next few months. Help us to fit everybody in. We're actually taking a look at, at adding on more seats than services and building onto the building. We'll tell you more about that. And so um, it's a good time. It's a good season. So just help us squish people in. And, um, and so we're, 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 we're developing and, and looking at what all God wants us to do. How many know that's good stuff? So let, let me transition because we talked about contributing of, of, your, of your time and your talents. And I want to spend the next few moments talking about what it means to contribute or to be generous in the area of your treasure. Now, a lot of people, when you start talking about resources and money, they freak out. All those pastors want to do is talk about money. You need to blame God because there's more in the Bible about giving and money than there is love, prayer, or anything else. But we need to have the right perspective on how to live a generous giving life. So a lot of times we talk about giving, it gets quiet. So I want to challenge you not to be quiet. I want you to say amen, preach it, go white boy, something so we can stir some faith up in here, okay? Um, you know I'm going to teach you what the Bible says. So here we go. This is Malachi. I know you all were reading that this morning before you came in. But this is in the book of Malachi. It's a famous passage of scripture. But it is so, so accurate and good. Everybody say, let's go. Yeah. Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. I, the Lord, do not change. I like that. You know why he doesn't change? He doesn't need to. We need to. He doesn't need to. He said, the descendants of Jacob are not destroyed ever since the time of your ancestors. Now look at this. You have turned away from my decrees and you haven't kept them. Everybody say, ouch. Return to me and then I'll return to you, says the Lord Almighty. So we see in Scripture 
God's people have a pattern or a track record of turning from him. I hate to say it sometimes, but even in this day and age, we have a tendency to turn in areas of our life. And the Bible is very specific where they turned from. And it says this in, uh, at the end of verse 7. It says, return to me, I will return to you. But you ask, how are we to return? Look what verse 8 says. Will a mere mortal rob God? So how have they turned from him? Well, they've robbed God. But you ask, how are you robbing me? And look at the answer. You've robbed God in tithes and offerings. Because of that, look what verse 9 says. You brought a curse on the whole nation because you're robbing me. But then God tells us how to fix things. Aren't you glad he tells us how to fix things? Bring all of the tithe into the storehouse that there will be food in my house. Now look what God says. He doesn't say this anywhere else in the Bible, but he says, try me, test me, try it says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven. Um, back in the day, they used to say that was a slew of things. This means the sluice gates. God wants to open the sluice gates or the slew of resources towards your life. He's going to open the floodgates of heaven. How many know there's no recession in heaven? Y'all, they paved the streets in gold. Religious people are going to have a hard time when they get to heaven because when they fill the potholes, they just put some gold in it. They do, uh, they do it extravagant up there. And what the Bible says, he's going to open the floodgates of what? Heaven. And I'm going to pour out so much blessing that you're not going to actually have room to store it. Then he says, I'm going I'm to go further and I'm going to prevent the pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields. And they will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord. Then all the nations will recognize and they'll actually say, you are what? Blessed for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. That's God talking to his people. We can look at that through the eyes of the Old Testament and know that he's talking to you and I in this day and age, in this, this hour. But it's very clear that one way that we turn away from God is when we fail to sow our tithes and we sow our offerings. We, we, we actually walk away from God. We reject God. We, re, we, we turn from God when we fail to do that consistently and faithfully. So that's an ouch moment. But God says, if you will focus on the tithes and the offerings, I'm going to open the gates of heaven. I'm going to pour out a blessing, and I'm going to keep the devourer from you. I don't know about you, but I want the floodgates open in my life. I, I want the blessing of God to be what people recognize in my life. I, I, I want to walk in that. And so uh, he, he, here's, we're talking about becoming a generous church. Remember we said it starts with just getting there frequently, starting to make a connection, starting to serve. And then there comes this place in our life where we, real, we realize that we want to we contribute more than we consume, not just with our time, but actually with our resources. Remember, it's his house. It's his bride. This is just a local expression of his bride, of his house. And so ready? Point one, life point one, tithing, everyone say tithing, is obedience. How about that? According to scripture, tithing is obedience. Let me blow your mind. Tithing isn't giving. It is not giving. It's actually returning to the Lord what's his. Now, now I've been, been a lead pastor for, for a few years now, and it's been amazing for me to watch people who have come here, maybe not even out of the church world, or they came out of a religious background, they just, they just wanted more truth. Somehow they migrated their way into our church with a lot, of, a lot of stuff in their minds and backgrounds, and they hear about this principle of tithing, which is still a principle today like it was in the Old Testament, and when they get to a place of really, really following it and obeying it and beginning to be a tither, 
It's amazing what God's done in their life. They have been blessed, not just uh, check in the mail, but blessed consistently, blessed more and more consistently on a regular basis. It's just God has done some amazing, the stories are amazing. The levels that, that people have come when they've learned, uh, not just her, but they've bought into this, this tithing thing. And, and people say, why do preachers want to talk about money? If we're not trying to talk about, I just want to teach you what's in the Bible. I'm not trying to get money from you. I, I, I'm trying to get the blessing of God to you. This is just how God set it up that it would work. So, so when we say tithe, it really means 10. So it's, it's a 10%. If you make $100, 10% was God's. He didn't ask for 90. He just asked for the 10. And, and, and we get to a place in our life where I know, I know times are tough. You know, I went through Sam's the other day, and I, it, everything costs a lot more than it should. That, that annoys me. Even though I'm blessed, that annoys me, right? Because I'd rather use that on fun. Are y'all hearing me? So, but we just have to watch because we, we can let that, you know, deteriorate our tithe. And that needs to be the first part. Now, they talk about crops in the Old Testament. We're not talking about crops. We're, we're talking about our money. But in the book of Proverbs, it says it this way. Honor God with your first fruits or with the tithe. That means the first part, the first portion, not the leftovers, not, not the after part, but the first part. There's something that God does when you give him the priority of your income, then God, then your blessing becomes a priority. And, and so I've known over the years, some people have had to get to a place with this. They've struggled through their flesh and they said, I'm just going to be obedient. And that's what God says. Test me on it. It's the only place in the Bible where God says, test me. You can test God with this. You can be like, all right, God, I'm going to test you. I'm going to test you. And I, and I will tell you that God will honor that. God will honor the time. So, so in my life, my first fruit, my first part of my income, it, it's sown into his house, it, into the storehouse where I go to church, where, where we get fed. And we sow it in, 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 into that place. Amen. So the tithe, here's what happens with the tithe. the tithe. The tithe is what you use to keep in financial covenant with God. God's a God of covenant. That means he's not a God of contract. He's a God of covenant. Covenant means to cut something, to separate something. And God is in covenant with you. But what takes us out of covenant with God is when we don't tithe. It keeps the covenant from working in our life. But when we stay in covenant with tithing, guess what it does? It, it lets God keep his end of the promise. He's a covenant God. That's our part of the covenant. That, that's, what God, that's what God contractually obligates himself to in, in the way of, of the tithe. And I wrote this down. I thought this was good, so I'm going to read this. So after I read it, you need to say, mm-hmm, that's good. Ready? Here we go. When, when we do what we ought, God does what we can't. Thank you. I got a couple mm's. When we do what we ought, it allows God to do what we can't. There's just some things we can't do. But, but the tithe is what enables God in our life to stay in covenant with us. And his covenant goes this way. So we just read from Malachi. I, I, let me put it into like now words, not Old Testament words. He obligates himself in covenant to a couple of things. You ready for this? Provision. He obligates himself to provision in your life. I mean, I could bring person after person on this stage and they could tell you about the provision of God. I can tell you that my wife and I, from, from, from the get-go, we, we have just said we're going to be tithers. And it has created the provision of God. Everybody say provision. That means God's for your vision. God's for your direction. He's a God of provision. That's his part of the covenant when we're tithers. Not only is it provision, you ready for this? Protection. 
provision, protection. He'll actually begin to, to protect your resources, protect your assets. And the other part of it is promotion. Provision, protection, and promotion. Y'all get it? God is pro you. He's pro you. He's pro you, your blessing. He's pro you. Uh, the Bible actually says this in, in um, toward the end of the Bible in, in 1 John. It says this. It says that he, his will is that you prosper, hello, in all things, and you do well on your journey. God's all right with you coming up and out of poverty. He's, he's, he's actually for it because he's pro you. He's pro you to be blessed. He's pro you to be blessed financially. He's pro you. Did y'all get it? Provision, promotion, protection. You ought to write that on your mirror and every morning look in, in the mirror and say, I tithed on Sunday. I can claim his provision, his protection, and his promotion. Now, that doesn't mean you won't ever have a challenge, a problem come at you. There have been times in, in my life, my wife's life, where we, we I, I remember one time when uh, we, we, we were let go at the church we were on. They let the whole staff go. And for probably from June to almost November, November, we didn't have a job. We were looking. We were searching. I was, I was interviewing. I was looking for a place to go. And I just want you to know, there was a moment. I had a freak out. You know, dads kind of have like a freak out moment because we're, you know, we're suppliers, right? And so I had a little freak out moment, and I came to my senses. And I just one day I said, you know what, God, we have faithfully tied. We have faithfully been tithers. And, and I, I'm, I'm trusting you on this. And, and I quoted this scripture. I stood in the fact that God is a provider, a promoter, and a protector. And some weird way during those, whatever that, is that six months or whatever it was, I made more money than I did from my paycheck. <laughs> you say, how? Because I was in covenant with God. I mean, I would walk out to the mailbox and I'm like, what's this? Someone owes me money. Really? How did that happen? Because I'm in covenant with God. I couldn't wait to get the mail every day. <laughs> so really what tithing is, it's just obedience. And I don't want to challenge everybody. There comes a moment when we have to begin to hear the truth and we say, you know what? I'm going to become a tither in my local church. I'm going to do my part. When I do what I ought, God will do what I can't for my life. And don't... Um, don't let anything else, because there's a lot of stuff that could talk us out of that. So I'm just challenging. Let, let me say this right up front, and I'll move to point number two. Uh, I don't check on what you give. I don't have passwords to do that. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to know. I just trust that you'll get revelation and get to a point where, you know what, I'm going to be a tither. And nothing's going to, nothing. And I know there's a lot of bills. There's a lot of stuff out there, right? And I tell people this, and, and I've been misquoted on this, so just hear my heart. If you're in a place and you're like, you know, I, I, to make a few things work is really hard. I, this is what I told people. I, I, would, I would cut out Starbucks for a few weeks. I would cut out, you know, the YouTube, the cable for a couple weeks and, and give God his share. And watch what God does. Maybe you own Starbucks, right? I'm just saying God will, God will do something when we stay, when we do our part of the covenant unless God continue to do his part. Everybody say God's good. But now in this scripture, it didn't just say tithing. The tithing's not giving. It's, God, this is yours. I'm giving you back. That's why he said it's robbing him if we don't do that. But he also said tithes and offerings. So there's three levels here of what we call giving. We see tithes. And then secondly, we could say this, tithes are obedience. Offerings are willingness. Offerings are about willingness. Isaiah 119 says it this way, if you're willing and obedient, Obedience is the tithe. Willingness is what? Just an offering. That's above the 
And so there, there's this thing called offerings in the Bible. And the Bible says, if you're willing and you're obedient, you will experience or you will eat the best of the land. How do we eat the best of the land? When we are, when we are willing and we are obedient when it comes to our treasure. Can I give you a scripture? This is a really good passage of scripture. Someone say, this is good. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich, what? Generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and then beyond their ability, entirely on their, their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first to the Lord and then the will of God to us. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, your faith, your speech, your knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love that we've kindled in you, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. Now let me explain this, this passage of Scripture to you. There was a church in Macedonia and it was a, a very uh, poor area, an impoverished area, an area where they were really under persecution. They were in, in, in a place of poverty. And so there was an offering going out to the churches. They didn't really have a lot to give. But the Bible says the church in Macedonia, first of all, they begged Paul, can we give? Can we give? Now, isn't that interesting? They begged, can we give? What do we do sometimes? La, 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 la. But they begged to give. Please let us in on this giving thing. They begged to give. And then the Bible said not only did they beg to give, they gave and they exceeded expectations and they gave more and more and more. But the reason why this scripture is written because the church in Corinth had also promised an offering. They promised to give and they weren't giving. They didn't fulfill what they were doing. And so Paul was saying, hey, here's this church in Macedonia that's impoverished. It's, it's not a huge church, not, not a great church. And they're begging to give. And here's this great church in Corinth that's full of faith, that's full of all this. And they weren't giving in the offering. And Paul told Titus, he said, we need to urge them to remember to give just like the Macedonians are giving. So it's not a, this is not an issue of status. This is not an issue of how much you make. This is an issue of what? The heart. And wanting to just be a, a giver. And we see that here's this church. And you might think, I don't have a lot to give. But they actually begged to give. So our tithe is actually an obedient act of just giving God what's his. If I make $100, that $10 is not mine. I want to get it out of my economy and out of, my, or out of the world's economy. I want to get it out of the government's economy. I want to get it out of the world's financial system. And I want to get it into God's kingdom. That's his. But then he said there's this thing called offerings. That's where we, we begin to talk about sowing and giving. So the, the tithe is obedience. But the offerings, that's sowing. That's, that's really where we give. And, you know, every once in a while, we'll walk up here and we'll say, hey, we, got a, we have a project that we're just going to give toward. And I want you to know from the get-go, since we purchased this property, you guys have been a massive blessing. We have painted and remodeled and tore down, and, and it needed it, but, but every ounce of this physical building. And at the, uh, last year, the big project was all this parking. Aren't you glad we have some better parking? Um, the beginning of this year, we redid all of our generations building. We have put in our baptism. We put in our um, volleyball and all of that. And so we walk up here with projects. 
because it's just things we believe are on our heart. And so you'll hear us over the next few months, we're, we're going to continue some projects. You say, well, what? Well, we're looking at expanding our foyer and our, our seating, and, and we're, we're talking about building a gymnasium. We're talking about, uh, if you wonder what all the dirt is down here, we put in volleyball, which our youth love, by the way, and, and we want to continue building out our property. We have too much to mow. <laughs> so I'm always like, we could do this and this and so. Um, we've got some tennis courts we're working on, some bathrooms. Just, just Why? Because it's God's house. It's God's house. And I'm telling you, it's a long time ago, God said, if you'll just teach people to take care of my house, I'm going to take care of theirs. And so, when, and, and, and so we have people who tithe so faithfully. And we have people who just give. And offerings and say, I, I want to give toward that. And we'll get in a situation, you know, where we'll say, hey, we're giving toward this. And all of a sudden, you know, it, it'll be coming along real steady and, and I'll get a phone call. What, how much is left on that? And I'll tell them and like, I'm taking care of the rest. Now, the goal here isn't for us to expect someone to take care of the rest. Our goal should be, I want to be the person who helps take care of the rest. There's just something amazing that happens when we sow into God's house and God's kingdom what God does in ours. Now, remember, we read that what God will do when we're faithful in the area of tithes and offerings, God has this amazing way of opening the floodgates. He has this amazing way of protecting. He has this amazing way of doing that. How many have ever experienced that? How many couldn't explain how God did it? He just did it. Have you ever just stepped back and say, it, it, I, have you ever just stepped back and say, you know, tithing works? Every just stepped back and said, sowing works. It just works. You know why it works? It's the word. The word of God is the will of God. It's the ways of God. The word, the will, and the ways of God, they're all the same thing, and it works. It works. And God said, test him. This is what God's saying. Test me. Become a tither. Test me. Sow some offerings. And watch what I do. Anyone like a challenge? I like a challenge. I, I know I've said this before. I have a good friend. He, he said this quote years ago. And he said, you know, he said, I love a challenge because if we didn't have any challenges, we'd have no champions. We'd have no champions. I love that. Especially in the area of our resources. How I many know let's have some champions? All right. Can we, can we land this plane here? Y'all getting something good? So this is more teaching this morning. I get it. I'll, I'll pump you up and preach at you next week. But look at this is in 2 Corinthians and I love this. This is kind of wrapping this up, and I'll give you the last point. And here it goes, verse 6. Here's my point. See how I led into that? Here's my point, last point. Ah, okay. Um, here's my point. Now, now, I didn't write this. Y'all remember, I didn't write this, right? This is, this is God breathing on Paul to write this. A stingy sower will reap a meager harvest. Don't look around. Just look, don't look, just look straight ahead. A stingy sower gets a stingy harvest or a meager harvest. But the one who sows from a generous spirit will reap an abundant harvest. How many believe this is the word of God? If I'm stingy, meager harvest. If, I'm, if I have a generous spirit, then guess what? I reap an abundant harvest. So let giving flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving, all because God loves hilarious generosity hello that's a different level hilarious generosity 
not stingy, not religious duty. So these are different levels. There's the tithe, there's the offerings. This is a different level. This is this generous spirit that we're talking about, this generous um, spirit and hilarious, what some translations say, a cheerful heart or a, <laughs> we get to give, not here comes the offering. No, we get to, where's the offering? You should walk in the door like, okay, what's first? Worship, okay. Then what? When's that offering? Okay, then we got to hear you preach, all right. But when's the offering? Because I'm excited. Because that means I'm in covenant with God. That means I'm sowing. That means I am tithing. Look at verse 8. Yes, God's more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace that you'll have more than enough of everything, every moment, in every way. He'll make you overflow with abundance in every good thing you do. The heart of God is, is to stir up generosity in you. And when you begin to live generously, hilariously generously, what will God do? He says, I'm going to make sure you have more of enough in everything, every moment, in every way, and you'll overflow with every good thing that you do. That's the heart of God. Verse 9, just as the scriptures say about the one who trusts him, because he is sown extravagantly and given to the poor, his kindness and generous, generous deeds, they won't be forgotten. Look at verse 10. This generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer, which becomes bread for our mills, is even more extravagant toward you. First, he supplies every what? Need. Plus more. How many know he's a plus one God? He's a plus more God. He said, I'm going to supply your need plus more. Then he'll multiply the seed as you sow it. You can't grow it till you sow it. He said, I'm going to take care of the need plus one. And I'm going to multiply the seed. The seed is what you sow. So that the harvest of your generosity will what? Grow. You'll be abundantly enriched in every way as you give generously on every occasion. For when we take your gifts to those in need, it causes many to give thanks to God. Listen, y'all. Obedience or, or tithing is just obedience. Offerings is willingness. But generosity, it's a lifestyle. It, it, it. Life point three, generosity is a lifestyle. Remember, what are we talking about today? Contributing generously. Elbow somebody and say, this is good. You're looking sleepy. You're looking sleepy. That's what generosity is. It, it's, it's, it's just, it's a lifestyle. It's a, a way of living. There's this amazing story in the New Testament. This lady named Mary. A lot of people think she was an ex-prostitute that Jesus ministered to. And this was right before Jesus was about to go to the garden, be betrayed, go to the cross and to the grave. Just days before, Jesus was in a home and she came up and she took what the Bible calls an alabaster jar. It, it was a, a perfume. It was an anointing oil, probably passed down through her family, mostly used to, uh, to fragrant for, to, as a fragrance for, for, for a corpse. But it was passed down through her family. If you study it out, it, it was worth a lot of money over a year's wage. Just think about it. You had some perfume on the shelf and it was worth more than you make in a year. I mean, you're not going to be wearing that every day. You're not wearing that to the gym. Like special occasions. A little Christmas, a little Easter, right? So it, it, it was worth so much. And when Jesus was in the room, she broke it. And she dumped it over his head and it ran down his beard. And she wiped that oil on him. 
And in the room, there were mixed responses. Judas, y'all heard of Judas? He confronted this woman. He said, we could have taken that, sold it, and given the money to the poor. That seems noble. But Jesus rebuked Judas. And he said, what she did was to anoint me. And he said, everywhere the gospel is told, this story is going to be told with it. What was Jesus saying? Judas said, this is too extravagant. Coming from a man who betrayed Jesus and we know stole money out of the treasury. See, people who are full of religion want to complain about other people's blessings because they got their hand in the treasure of God instead of being a giver. Jesus rebuked him. And here's why that was so important. Everywhere Jesus went leading up to the cross, everywhere he went through his torture, through the sacrifice of his life, there was a, there was a fragrance in the air from that moment of extravagance. And I wonder everywhere our church goes, I wonder everywhere you go, when people say, I smell some generosity up there. I smell some generosity over there. It's a lifestyle. Generosity, y'all, comes from a grateful heart. Not because you make more than someone else. Matter of fact, Blessed people aren't generous people. Generous people are blessed people. If you're waiting for your ship to come in before you become generous, you just start practicing what I told you today, and God says he'll supply you over and over and over. It's a heart thing. And, and let, me, let me let you take a good breath. God is not after your money. He's just after your heart. He's just after your heart. He, he, he owns. I mean, God's wealthy. He just wants to get it to you so he can get it through you. He's all right with you having some, but he just wants to, for you to be the blessing. If you're flipping burgers at McDonald's right now, just work on being a blessing. Work on being generous. And you can own you a McDonald's one day. Y'all get in our, the heart I want to close with this. Because the goal was generosity. Tithing is where it starts. Offering is where it grows. Sowing. But just living generously. Just hilariously. Just being a blessing. Being a giver. I'll pay for that. I'll buy your lunch. I'll buy your groceries. Just getting to that place to live generously. Hilariously generously. My wife's like this all the time. We're at a store. I see her watching. I told you a story. She's watching. I'm like, she's going to pay for that. I'm like, how much is that going to be? She's good at this. I'm trying to catch up. Whenever it comes up, what do you want to give? I'm like, I don't know. What do you want to give? I don't know. What do you want to give? I'll come in with a number. She's like, hmm. Hmm. It's always higher. But listen what happens when we're generous. I know I'm throwing a lot out at you this morning. But generosity in your life and my life is what breaks the power of poverty. Because poverty is to be in need. Gener you want to break poverty? Well, I'm going to pray about it. No, what do you do? Become generous. That's what breaks the power of poverty. And I'm tired of hearing people say, oh, that's a, 
You guys live in a poverty region. How do you, how do you break that? Do we pray about it? No, we become what? Generous. It breaks the power of poverty. It breaks the, you can have money and be impoverished. It just breaks the power of poverty. When you release, when you release, not only does it, look what it does. It neutralizes the power of pride, which is why greed, our biggest problem is what? Pride. You want to break it? Well, I'm going to pray. God, would you please break my pride? No, you know what to do? Become generous. It'll break the need. It'll break the greed. We all got a little bit of that in us. Some of us got a lot, but I'm just saying, God can, what can it do? Generosity will break the power of poverty. It will neutralize the power of pride. Look what the last thing, it will release the power of promise. So it breaks, it, it, it breaks the, 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 the need, it neutralizes the greed, and it releases the seed. I mean, God's a God of promise. How's that released? Here's how that's released when we are generous. Y'all get something good this morning. So this whole series is to challenge us as a local church to be thrivers, not survivors. I don't think God wants you just to get by. I think he wants you to be in the blessing. Well, Pastor, I'm going to wait, you know, till that lottery comes in. When that lottery comes in, I'm going to build you a new building. I'm going to do, if your lottery comes in, build us a building. But, but that... I mean, no, that's not the answer. The answer is is to live that way. Lottery or no lottery. He is the lottery. (laughs) He is the lottery. So I want to challenge you. Can we all stand? Can we all stand? As we sing this song, we say, how do we... How do you close a service like this? We felt like here's how we should close a service. As we're standing here and as we move into this last song, I just ask everybody, just take some inventory of your heart, of your life. If you're in a place where you haven't practiced tithing, I just want to challenge you. Become obedient in that area. Do whatever it takes to become obedient. Because the Bible says anytime we're obedient, Here's what it does. The Bible says it commands the blessing of God. If you've been wrong, you make it right, it commands the blessing of God. If you see it in the Word and you do it, it commands the blessing of God. It commands it. Or maybe you're a place, you know, I've, I've worked through this tithing thing, and I would say, man, where could I sow? How could I sow more? And then grow into that place of generosity. I'm just going to live this way. Say, where do I start? Buy someone's lunch this week. Where do I buy, buy someone's Go through Starbucks, buy the person, buy. Just start practicing generosity, practicing generosity, practicing generosity. But as we're standing here, can we close our eyes? Father, I pray that you help us. Show us our heart. Show us what's in us. God, we're taking inventory. God, have we been disobedient? We want to return to you in the tithes and the offerings. Father, we're taking inventory. Show us, God, how do we become more generous? Show us, God how we can become hilarious givers. Do a work in us, God. Help us, God, break the power of need. Help us, God, break the power of greed. Help us, God, release the power of the seed. We're going to sing this song. We're just going to keep taking inventory. We're going to worship him. We're actually going to do our offering at the end of this morning. We did that on purpose. 
And we know he's a good God. He's a good God. Thank you for listening to the LifePoint Podcast. We want to encourage you to subscribe and follow so you don't miss a message. For more information, you can visit lpcwv.com.